Now, her debut novel, Being Carrie, about a woman who returns to her estranged Muslim family following her husband's infidelity, was a huge success for local lawyer-turned-author Conita Loxton. And she looks set to repeat that success with her follow-up novel, Being Lily. It's being launched at the Book Lounge this coming Tuesday. Please come along if you can. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Conita into studio this evening. Hello, you. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Darling, come a little closer to the mic because I, I'm becoming hard of hearing. There okay. we are. First of all, massive congratulations on the success of Carrie, which just is and was everywhere. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, really, yeah. it just phenomenal. It has done well. Surprised? Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. So, you know, you just go out there and you put your child out in the world. You're never quite sure what happens. So I'm really pleased about it. But definitely it was a surprise. Yeah. When we spoke, because we spoke about Carrie, and I, I can't even remember when it was. It was definitely more than a year ago. Yes, I think it could have been maybe June... Mm. Sort of around there. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and, and I loved it and, uh, and we spoke and I asked you, I remember asking you, what does success look like to you? Mm. I'm going to ask you that question again now, now that we're more than a year later. Book number two is yes. in my sweaty little hands. What does success look like to you? Well, I think my answer is probably still going to be the same. Mm. <laughs> and, and if I sort of scratch it out the back of my head, it was along the lines of my kids, um, realizing that I can do more than make sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the let, you know, because there is there is something special in I guess my children seeing me as more than their mum. Um and interestingly that also plays in a sense into being Lily because this is whole idea of motherhood and what it means and you know, what it means to be a woman and to choose to be a mother. Yeah. So it's that's still something that's very close to my heart. And it did do phenomenally well. I mean, why why do you think that people resonated so well with that book? I think, well, I hope that it's because it was an accessible way mm. of talking about, I guess, about identity um, in a way that wasn't daunting and talking also about a culture that maybe not a lot of people know about, but in a way that is entertaining, but also sort of opened up another world in a way that wasn't intimidating, that mm. was relatable. So I hope that's... That's what it is. But I think that's what it is. Were you surprised by who your audience was? I, I guess I was a bit surprised. Who is your audience? I hadn't, I didn't write it for anyone. Mm. I wrote it for myself. So it sort of landed where it did. You know, it wasn't pitched at any one sort of demographic mm. or person. Or, um, but what was interesting is that it seemed to appeal to quite a wide spectrum of people. So it wasn't just women or it wasn't just a, a part of the Muslim community or a part of the community that didn't know anything about Muslim people. It seemed to have a place in in very many people's sort of reading list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm always surprised, or maybe not, not so much now, uh, but initially I was surprised by, by how my book was kind of received by a really wide... It was this idea of a really strong friendship circle, mm. a women's friendship circle. That was the first thing. And then also what really always calls me are, is relationships, and that's between men and women, uh, women and women, parents and child. And so all of that is, is something that captures my imagination. And I think that is a very relatable, universal theme. We first met Lily, of course, in being Carrie. Yes. Did you know at the point when you were writing Carrie that Lily was, that, that secondly, there was going to, firstly, there was going to be a second book. Secondly, that it was going to be, do we, is it a sequel? Um, I, or I a guess, follow on or it's a. It's kind of like, I guess a spin-off in TV yeah, language. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you know that that was going to, and did you know that Lily would be the protagonist? 
I didn't know any of that. Um, I didn't know there was going to be a first book. <laughs> so <laughs> while I was writing the first book, there definitely was no idea there was going to be a second book. Um, but Lily stuck with me because she was so close, closely linked to Carrie, mm. but also a completely opposite personality. Whereas Carrie is sort of quite a, a personable, likable, go with the flow, easygoing kind of personality that sort of got swept along by life mm. until she had to make a choice. And Lily is completely the opposite. She knows her mind. She makes happen what she wants to make happen. She's quite obnoxious at times. Yeah. She's not likable. I was gonna, do, and do you like her? Um, I liked her when I got to know her. Mm. So she wasn't somebody that I guess you would automatically be drawn to as a friend. And so that sort of um, contrast between the two characters is, is really what drew me. And I hadn't thought about Im- immediately about having her as the protagonist in a, in a follow-on book. Um, but at the end of Carrie, Lily's story was there. Mm. And it made me sort of think about, well, here's this woman who seemingly now has everything. And how to unpack that in a way that, well, nobody has everything. Mm. Um, to, to also strip away. In some ways, Carrie was a, a stereotype mm. in, in a way, of mm. like a, a likable person. I mean, you unpack what's behind it. And I wanted to do the same for Lily. So somebody that's not immediately likable. And what is it that's behind that person? Just to give us a, a brief premise of, of being Lily. Yes. Uh, so Lily is, um, a, what a cosmetic, well, she's what a, is she? she is a GP. She's trained as a doctor. Yeah. And, um, she's decided that being a GP, uh, she struggles with being a GP in the sense that she wants to help people and fix people mm. and all of that. And, you know, she suffers from, an, uh, from anxiety mm. be- because of the, the, the difficulties that comes with being a GP. So she's decided in a way to go to do something that she can almost fix people in an easier way. So mm. she can, she becomes an aesthetic doctor. Aesthetic doctor. There we go. And That's so she sure. can take away wrinkles and do fillers and Botox and all of that kind of almost glamorous, um, sounding stuff. But her motivation for it is quite different. Mm. You know, she, she likes to ease wrinkles here yeah. with her medicine that she can't actually do with her personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we meet Lily uh, in this book. Um, she's four weeks away from uh, marrying Adam. Owen. Yes. Oh, Owen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's four weeks away from, from marrying Owen. Yes. And one day, um, two people enter her life that she had not been expecting. Yes. Um, the ex and a child. Yes. <sighs> This book had me in my feels. Like, I was just, I was so angry with Owen all the time. Uh, I've heard that a few times I now. Just, and I, but I was also angry with, with, with Lily for, initially, for, for even entertaining this yes. and, and the snow. And I don't want to give anything away and I haven't got to the end yet. I'm <laughs> 40 pages from the end. But th- this concept of, of an ex coming into yeah. one's life and kind of throwing a spanner in the works, Four weeks before this wedding that she's been yes. living for. Well, you see, Lily is a 39 year old doctor. So she's got her life sorted in the sense that she knows what she's wanted. Mm. She's planned for it. She's made a career move. And even though she started off as uh, quite cynical about love and relationships and getting married and all of that, now all of a sudden she finds herself in a position to have the white dress and the reception and the cake and all of that kind of thing. Um, So it's it's perfect. 
the external yeah. it's perfect so what i wanted to do was to challenge how that happens because she's she's this person that's got it all sorted and now life takes over which life does you yeah know? yeah not sorted so the ex comes with a child who is potentially her fiance's child um and the complication there also is that the two of them have decided not to have children mm. so the dynamic is Yes, something coming to upset a perfect life. And then also, but it could be a child, which is not something that's easily dismissed. No. So, you know, there was the, the, the thing with the ex, but also that no matter how much you plan, Life, life so happens. Life happens. Yeah. yeah. If you are just joining us this evening, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Conita Loxton, who is the author uh, of a brand new book, her second book, Being Lily, which is a, we're, we're coining the term spin-off from the debut, uh, Being Carrie, uh, of course, and it's, it's great to have you with us. By the way, and I've said this to you about five times now, I love the cover. It's a great cover. Oh. Really, it's a great cover. Did well, it? I did really well with the cover. Did you, did you have a, did they send you a number of different ones and you said that one? Well, we talked in the, in originally about what I'd seen on the cover or what I hoped for on the cover. Um, and it sort of developed from there. In the end, there were two covers that we could choose from, but the colors were pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Bold. Love yeah. it. Love it. Uh, when, talk to me a little bit about the process of, of writing the second book because, um, and, and I'm in that process now and I'm sort of stunted and, and struggling. Did you, feel pressure do you feel pressure around how it will be received how were you when you were writing it um well when i when being carrie was uh, published i'd already gotten about probably thirty thousand words into um lily and it was quite a weird it was a weird time who are you <laughs> it was a weird time <laughs> because um lily uh, carrie was published in may and my mum had died uh, december before mm. that and so it was, it was just a crazy time. I had this grief around my mother and then this real, this happiness and this joy about this book that was coming out. Mm. And the only place to hide was in a new book. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. So for the whole of the year where I was doing all this stuff around Carrie and feeling what I was feeling, the safest space was in this imaginary world of words mm. and it was fantastic it was a fantastic escape so I mean I cried a little bit when the manuscript was done because you know what now n- now it's real life in a sense um, but so the the writing process for me was one that was incredibly um, joyful in mm. a sense and there was no there was no thought about how it was going to be received or, or none of that mm. um, Mike Nickel once gave me some advice and mm. he said the only time you own your book and you own the words is when you write it. So that's the time you enjoy it the most because it belongs only to you. Um, and, you know, that's kind of stuck with me because it, it resonates that the, that's the only time it's in my head and it's on my screen and I'm the only one that's seeing it. And it's mine. Um, the minute you press send, somebody else has an opinion. Yeah. And so, you know, the writing process, that, I, I didn't feel any pressure in that at all. Um, I guess now with, with it being out there and there's nothing that I can do about it, there is some, you know, like how are people going to see it? What's the comparison mm. with Carrie? What's the reaction to it? But at the same time, you know, children are all different. And this is my second book, baby, and they are unique. And so... It is what it is. I heard somebody who once said, and I don't think I agree with it at all now, uh, <laughs> that you are that you are only an author once you've published three books. Oh, okay. 
Well, you know, in a sense, as somebody who's written one and it took it took everything out of me, I take umbrage to that. Well, it's interesting because I went to a launch um, with Amy Haydenrich mm. at the book lounge. What's that book? Shame on you! It's amazing. Is it? It's really okay. good. It's really good. I, I went and um, she signed. I took. I bought a copy of her book and she signed it, and I spelled my name for her. And she went like, "Oh, are you Carnita Loxon, the writer?" And I looked around and it was really <laughs> hard to say yes. Wow. So maybe there is something. Maybe it's you, that, that, you know, the, the person writing that feels able to call themselves a writer. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it did make me do a double thing. That's interesting. Yeah. But, and to me, there's, there's a difference between being a writer and being an author. Yes. The author is somebody has published it yeah. and therefore, and by the virtue of that, yeah. you have authored a book. Yeah. But there's something different that comes with writer. Yeah. I, I really, it's, I struggled with it. I did have a bit of a look around to see who would <laughs> overheard. And then I nodded quickly before <laughs> anybody noticed. But yeah, the imposter syndrome was high. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, the, the struggle is real. Um, you, you wrote Carrie as part of, or, or, or a with the writing process yes. in in writing workshops yes was the same did you do the yes. same for yeah. interesting yeah it's it works for me mm. the deadlines keep me honest um and it gives me something to focus on otherwise i would you know procrastinate the whole day long that's so. i think that shows a massive lack of ego on your part okay I do though. I mean, to, you know, because there is this a kind of thing of no, we are all born writers, and if you're born to write, you don't need. I mean, I went to writing workshops with with Melinda. I had yeah. to. I needed yeah. to be to be in that space. And initially, when I when I started writing, what do you, in addition to to the deadlines, what do you get out of it? Do you do you work in that in that group space? Yes. Well, the way that it works is that it's, Who do you, do you, it's with Mike Nichol and Claire Strombeck, uh, yeah. and they the way that they work, it's called their Writers Masterclass, and they run it over a year period, and it's it's all it's run online, and they're a group of you. So every month you submit however many words you've written, um, and you can elect to have it uh, submitted either to the whole group or just to the two of them to have a look at. And you can get some feedback off it. Well, you you know, you get feedback from Mike and Claire. Mm. Um, and it builds from there. So, it's, you know, you have to, there's a lot of trust that goes mm. into it. But at the same time, it it sort of takes me out of myself because there's somebody to have a conversation with because I, I'm not somebody that can talk about talk about what I'm writing to everybody around me or at a dinner party mm. if somebody says, oh, what you're writing about. Isn't now? that the worst question? What's your book about? Yes. <gasps> I, can't, I can't do the elevator pitch thing either. It just it doesn't work. Mm. So it, it's it's quite a safe space to have that conversation. And it's for me also, it's all email. Yeah. So that also, you know, makes it a bit easier than having to verbalize it. Had Quella already said to you, we want the second one? No. I hadn't. Shame on you. So what point did that discussion happen? Did um, you have to pitch to them? Well, I, mean, we, I, t- I talked to Carolyn um, Meads at Quella at, uh, when I started writing Being Lily, and I said to her, look, I am writing it. And she said, well, as soon as it's done, then send it to us and we'll have a look. So, And that happened really, really quickly. Mm. So I submitted in December of 20, what are we, 2017. So last December, last year, you December, yeah. And I mean, they came back to me really quickly, like in January of it. So it, it, you know, all thanks to Quella, it really did 
pull out all the stops. Was the, were you confident that they would take it? No. It was exactly the same as for the first book. I had the same kind of feeling of surprise and happiness and running around screaming like a fool. It was That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was the same feeling of disbelief in a sense. But because you've, you've written two books quite, quite closely together, yes. it, did, does it feel like you just, was, it was a continual kind of process in terms of okay so that's that's uh Carrie done and now here's Lily and, I, and I'm working on that or is it two very distinct well it feels quite distinct because you know I wrote Carrie a little while ago mm. it, it took a little while to get her published so there's there was a break between the two um but in the you know it also does feel like a continuum because they are a group of friends mm. and I mean, I started writing Lily because I wasn't ready to let go of all of those friends. So it it is a continuum, but it wasn't like, a, you know, sort of stopped writing Carrie in March and then started writing Lily the month after. Mm. One of the things that I love about your books is the is the location. If you are from Cape Town, if you're from South Africa, you can't not know the places that you're talking about. And yes. to me, as somebody who lives in Cape Town, I love that. I I, abs- I love when she's wandering around the waterfront and, yes. and doing all these things. I'm like, I'm fairly sure that I've seen Lily wandering around. <laughs> I'm what, sure you have. Why is that? Why is that so important to you that that you do that? And I mean, it certainly hasn't stopped. Didn't being carried isn't being carried being published in Germany? In it's, Germany, it's been sold in Germany. It's not been published yet, but it's been translated, and so it's in mm-hmm. their lineup somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where, but yeah. So, I mean, does it, you don't feel that it it restricts you in in any way to be so 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 local in in that writing and so so specific? I mean, actual places yeah, that you're talking about, rather than fictional. It's the eateries and things. It's the kind of thing that made me love local fiction. Yeah, is that it makes me see places that I'm part of in a, in a different way. Yeah, and I experience it in a different way because you do experience it through the eyes of a of a character mm. as opposed to your own. So I've loved that about local fiction, um, and so it's become for me a necessary grounding for the way that I write. Is mm. because you know I want them to experience the same things through the eyes of the, the people that I write about. I don't know if you've read um, Haji's book. Yes. So have you read Sorry yes. Not Sorry, yeah. which I just, I loved it. Yes. And in that book, um, particularly around the beginning, Haji talks about the, the Steve Beaker quote of, of we, we write what we like. Yes. Um, how true do, do you think that is? And I'm so conscious of, of writers of color in South Africa mm. having this pressure to write hard or mm. non non-fiction and and there's always got to be a message mm. and we're always kind of we've got to be out there with with a placard yes. um do you feel that at all and that's not to say that you don't deal with yes. issues but you deal with them in a different way and you deal with them in fiction yes i think i think there's a space for all of it yeah I do um too. and in the same way that we as individuals experience these big hard issues in different ways I think that the experience can also be lived in writing in different mm. ways so there might be some individuals who experience um, certain events as sort of full on in, in their faces and so that's how they experience the world and then there are maybe other individuals that experience it more as sort of a background to their life that's happening mm. and I think that in books it can also be experienced in, in different ways. It's not to say that it's less important or less relevant to those individuals or to the books Yeah. Um, 
but it's it's a different way of experiencing it. And to say that there's only one way to write about issues mm. is to say that there's only one right way to experience it as an individual. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a place for for all of it. Yeah, I also do. I also do. Who are some of the local authors that that you enjoy? Like who who do you read, or just authors in general? Um, well, I mean, I've I've now just finished Mike Nichols' Sleepers, mm. which is um, local crime fiction. I really like that because it also does make me look at you know the sort of uh, sort of random Cape Town places with the eye of a criminal, yeah. I guess. Um, and then I finished, um, just now, uh, Rebecca Davis's Self Helpless, and I loved that. It was I hilarious. I love Rebecca, it yeah. It's hilarious. hilarious. Um, and also because, you know, you're in Cape Town and you see all of this alternative stuff, and some of it I've tried, and some of it I've not, so now mm. I know what to avoid. Mm. Um, and so I like a mix of things. I've also just finished, uh, Kanita Muhammad's Call to Song. Ah, oh, that's my next. It's yeah. a beautiful book. Mm. It's a beautiful book. Um, and so, you know, I've got, I read what calls me, you know, what catches my interest. Yeah. Um, so there's not very much that I don't read. I can't read Stephen King for some <laughs> other reason. It's, I, so, I mean, I read, I think I was 15. I can't even remember what it is, but I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And, terrifying. And I, also, so I can't watch horror movies and I can't read anything that's that scary because it lives with me. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I remember, remember that book, um, We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel yes, Shriver. Yes, yes. I remember getting that out of the library and after, and I, and I was absolutely gripped and then I was sort of falling asleep and I put the book under the bed. I was about 25 <laughs> when, I, when that happened. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the only thing I can't read. Will you ever write non-fiction or is fiction your well, I don't know. I think I could write nonfiction. Um, I mean, I'm trained as a lawyer. Yeah. So, you know, that it gives you that ability. And I think that I enjoyed it in, in that guise. Um, sort of the research and the ability to bold things is in a very different way to fiction. So I, I think I could. Mm. I haven't yet found the thing that would make me want to do it. Would you write someone else's story? Would you be a, Oh yes, I'd love to write mm. someone else's stories. Some other people's stories are yeah. the best. Yeah, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it minimizes the pressure yes. by about a half. Yes, I think. And you can ask all the questions you like without having to go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, listen, the, the, if you are just joining us, uh, Kanita Loxton is my guest on Book Club this evening, uh, and we are of course talking about her brand new book. It's called Being Lily, and it's a follow-on, um, a follow-on, a spin-off. Uh, from her debut novel, uh, Being Carrie, which of course did so phenomenally well, uh, has done so phenomenally well and continues to. The book launch for Being Lily is this coming Tuesday at the Book Lounge. Please come along, uh, if you are able. It is, you're going to be in conversation with Jen yes. Thorpe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, isn't she a doll? She is. Yeah. She's I've marvelous. Been lucky. Yeah. Yeah. What comes after Being Lily? Being Shelley will come. Being Shelley will come. Um, it's still very early days, but you're I a machine. I love Shelley so much. She is balls to the wall. <laughs> she's um, also, I mean, she's probably she's about my age, so she's 43, 44. Um, and she is uh, unforgiving, Unapolog unapologetic. She's unapologetic. Yeah. She's out there, and life is uh, shaking her up a little bit. So that's my plan. You, it, look, it's not going to come out next year. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so relax. <laughs> so like, but where do you, how do you, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's I t- these women have a grip on me at the moment. Yeah, and so do you consider yourself as like a an unseen part of the group? Yes. Yeah. You know when you know your friends really well and you can imagine what they would say and where they would shop and what they would eat and what would just completely derail them. And in a sense, that's how I feel about these characters is that I, I can imagine them saying like, oh, I'd like that or I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite fun because you don't have any of the pressure of actually being a friend, but you know all the stuff that's going on. Do your friends ever kind of say, um, Cornita, um, is that me or is that, do they, have you had that conversation? I've had, um, one friend who everybody sort of thinks, oh, maybe that's, but you know, it's, it's so coincidental because the characters are amalgamations of different personalities and things that you see, you know, Mm. so it's not, they're not based on anyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now that you've really? given me the evil yeah. eyes they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're not based on you listen we have to end it there which is devastating for me but I will I'm going to do my absolute best to come down on, on Tuesday night and oh, I'm I, re- I really really will because I love you and you oh, are the most beautiful you, person in really, the world and I by then I will have finished yes. by then I will have finished and um, yeah I just I just love it I just I just I loved Carrie. I, I'm loving Lily. Um, and I'm sure that I'm going to love Shelley also. Not next year, though. Not, <laughs> please, not next year. Please. I mean, talk about putting pressure on me. Um, so listen, before we, before we say goodbye, I wanted to ask you, we're going to play out with a song for the yes. top of the hour. Yeah. What would Lily want? What song would Lily want us to play out with? Lily would want us to play out with the shape of you. Ed Sheeran. Yes. And for, and that links into the book. Yes. Ergo, there we go. So please go and buy the book. It is, uh, it is, uh, it's, I, I loved it. I'm loving it. Uh, the author is Quanita Logston. The launch is this coming Tuesday, the 2nd at the Book Lounge. And this is Ed Sheeran and Shape of You. The club isn't the best place to find the lovers so of the bar is where I go. My friends sat at the table doing shots, tripping fast, and then we talk slow. And you come over and start up a conversation with just me, and trust me, I'll give it a chance. Now take my hand, stop, and the man on the jukebox, and then we start to dance. And now I'm singing like, girl, you know I want your love. Your love was handmade for somebody like me. Come on now, follow my lead. I may be crazy, don't mind me. Say, boy, let's not talk too much. Grab on my waist and put that body on me.